where we're looking at the next part of the Apostles' Creed. We're on our seventh week through the Apostles' Creed. We've looked at these so far. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And the one we're looking at today is this. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. So we started with God the Father. We've looked at uh, Jesus Christ, his Son. And most of the creed is spent spending time looking at him. But now we're coming to look at this, the work of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to imagine that you are with your close family, maybe some friends, and those who you love dearly. And you know that this is going to be your last few moments with them. For whatever reason, you're not going to see them again. Now, imagine what you talk about in those moments. They are going to be weighty, aren't they? They are going to be serious. They are going to be thought through what you say. Because if this is your last chance to talk to them, you're only going to say what's really important to you. You're only going to say those things uh, which really matter. It'll kind of take away any dross or any fluff from the conversation and give you real focus, won't it? Well, in these words that we're looking at, and these words that we looked at about six months ago, these are Jesus' last moments with his disciples before he was going to leave, before he was going to go to the cross. And so he is only going to talk about the things that are deeply important to him, the things that he knows they need to grasp before he goes away. And when you think about the creed, as I said, most of it is taken up with Jesus, his, who he is, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and last week we looked at his ascension and his return. And who does he, the Son of God, what does he want us to think about what does he want the disciples to think about? What is so important to him at these moments, these crucial moments with the disciples? Well, this is the part in the whole Bible where we get most concentrated teaching on who the Holy Spirit is and what his role is. So do you see, the Son of God wants us to grasp the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Now, remember who is the Holy Spirit? He is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, fully God, and He has existed with God the Father and God the Son from eternity. He's right there at the beginning of the Bible because we see Him brooding over um, creation as He brings creation into being. We see Him there, and all the works of God from eternity have been from the Father, through the Son, by the power of the Spirit. So, why is the work of the Holy Spirit so essential? Why did Jesus want his disciples to grasp this before he left them? And why do we need to see that this is crucial for us and foundational for us as Christians? Well, there's five things this morning that these passages are going to help us with. Five uh, words for us to remember, and they are this. First of all, the Holy Spirit, he brings deep comprehension, okay? Deep comprehension. Now, it's dawning on the disciples at this moment that their, um, their leader, Jesus, is going. And they are all over the place, remember. And that's why Jesus wants to speak to them in verse, chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Because they are troubled. 
they're worrying jesus is going they've spent three years with him by this point and they'd seen miracles they'd seen teach and heard teaching that was so authoritative they they'd been able to ask him whatever they wanted and now all of a sudden he was going but even though the disciples had all this time with jesus they still don't really understand who he is because they keep having to ask where are you going you know what's happening next remember judas who was with jesus for those three years he still went away and betrayed him see the disciples are pretty clueless as to who jesus is and what his uh, role is really and so when it comes to this passage we start to see something that the holy spirit is going to do in the disciples look at verse 25 and 26 with me these things i have spoken to you while i'm still with you but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you i've taught you but the holy spirit will teach you those things we'll kind of switch the light on we'll really help you to grasp what's going on look at verse 20 see what jesus says there in that day when the holy spirit comes you will know that i am in my father you in me and i in you you will understand who i am jesus is saying you will get it and the holy spirit is going to help you so what is the role of the holy spirit here he helps these disciples to understand who jesus is what difference does that make to us today the only way we can really understand who jesus is and why he came is by the help of the spirit the spirit of god working in us and helping us to see so if this morning you are amazed at who jesus is that is the result of the work of the holy spirit helping you to understand if you want to follow jesus if you want to love him more even if you know your desire is weak and cold if there is a desire in you to want to love and serve him and obey him and get to know him better that is because the holy spirit has helped you without him you wouldn't be able to understand see seeing jesus being there with him hearing him teach was not enough think of how many people were there heard him still rejected him and actually made him go to the cross see they needed the work of the spirit so this morning we need to stop and thank the holy spirit for his work in our lives if you're trusting and if you're amazed at who jesus is that is supernatural work that god the holy spirit has done in your heart now perhaps this morning you're thinking well i'm not a christian but maybe you've been thinking these things through and something of who jesus is is beginning to dawn on your mind you used to think he was a irrelevant person in the past maybe somebody who might have existed but now you start to see he's true he's real and he starts to make a difference in your life you're starting to see how relevant he is to your daily life see that is the work of the spirit in your heart enlightening and showing you and helping you god is working maybe it's just time to listen and to trust and stop fighting god's at work listen to what he's saying and trust in jesus so the holy spirit helps us to understand who jesus is if we jump to chapter 16 and see those verses that we read there verses 12 and 13 kind of unpack this a bit more how can we understand jesus who jesus is better how can we get to know him deeper well 
um, verses 12 and 13 tell us, Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. This is chapter 16, verse 12. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So Jesus is telling us, look, the spirit is going to come and help the disciples. He's going to remind them and guide them into truth and remind them supernaturally what Jesus has taught them. So where do we find that information? That Holy Spirit given information? Well, we find it in God's word. We find it in the Bible. That's why we have the Bible. It's written by the apostles, by these men. And so we understand who Jesus is by the help of the Holy Spirit through the Bible. So how do we come to a deeper knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is? We get to know him through his word. The same spirit that helped the disciples now dwells in us. And so as we come to read the Bible, that is why we pray and say, God, help us. Help us to get to know you better. And also, do you see what it means? The Bible is not just a kind of a, a, a cold textbook. It's not just a guide for life. This is how we supernaturally encounter Jesus. That is why we should be excited when it comes to reading the Bible. It's not just something, oh, I need to read my Bible today. No, we get to meet with Jesus through his word, by the power of the Spirit. That's what we get to do. So why wouldn't we want to do that? Let's not put it off. Let's fight to see how wonderful and attractive that is. Even though other things can seem so much more attractive, let's see, God, I need you. Help me to encounter Jesus in his word. So do you see, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit to give, gives us deep comprehension. Let's praise him and thank him for that in our lives today, if we know that. And maybe it's time for us to acknowledge what's going on in our heart if we haven't really seen. Deep comprehension. The second thing we see that the Holy Spirit brings is he brings deep change, deep change. The Holy Spirit transforms our life. Now, back to chapter 14. And if you look at verse 15, Jesus says these words, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And again, look at verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Look at verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Jesus is saying here, look, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Not keep my commandments, and I will love you or keep my commandments in order to love me. But if you love me, if there's a relationship of love, you're going to do what I say. You will do what pleases me. So how do we love Jesus more? Because if we love him more, we will obey him. Well, the role of the Spirit is to show us just how glorious and how amazing Jesus is. The role of the Holy Spirit is to shine a light on how great Jesus is. So, you know, when you go to, imagine going to Paris, you don't come back and say, well, those floodlights and looking at that tower were amazing. Those lights were just so spectacular, do you? You say, wow, that Eiffel Tower was quite some piece of work, you know? It's nearly as good as Blackpool Tower or something like that. You say, look how good it is, not how good the light is. The job of the Holy Spirit is to point to us how great Jesus is. So again, as we see how great Jesus is, as we see him, we, we love him. As we see how glorious he is and what he's done for us, we love him. The Holy Spirit will show us him, Christ, 
his um, work and his glory and as we do that as we see him we love him and we want to do what what he wants you know if you love someone and if you care about them whether that is a family member or a friend if you know there's something that upsets them if you know there's something that uh, they don't like you don't keep doing it do you if you know that somebody doesn't like a certain thing and you realize you do it you're going to stop doing it because you love them well in the same way as we love jesus as we begin to see things he hates as the holy spirit shows us how great jesus is suddenly we start to see i need to stop doing that things in my life need to change look at verse 23 do you see what he says there jesus answered if anyone loves me he will keep my word my father will love him and we will come and make our home with him such a a wonderful picture that he's saying look uh, I, we will come and make our home with you by in in your heart by the spirit and you know a way i've illustrated this before is imagine you move into a new house oh it's not a new house it's an old house it's somebody else's house really and as you move in you look around and say well it's where we're living but it's not home yet yeah and so bit by bit room by room you start to maybe change the wallpaper you start to you put a new bathroom in maybe in a kitchen change the carpets and bit by bit year by year moment by moment ah it is changing and then one day you just sit down in your sofa you look around and say yeah this is my home now i'm at home here it's to your taste it's to your liking not somebody else's well that is the work of the holy spirit in the life of a christian when you become a christian the holy spirit will show us things in our life that jesus doesn't like we'll be uncomfortable with things that we were comfortable with before things we didn't even realize that we were doing things we used to enjoy but now we don't enjoy and suddenly we start to be unsettled by it or uneasy with things and the holy spirit points those things out not only does he point those things out but he gives us the power to say no and the power to change and as we see jesus in his glory as we see his beauty as we are attracted to him and loving him then our lives will change we'll start to follow him and his, his ways and then bit by bit um, our hearts become a place where god the father and god the son say we like it here this is our home as we think of that for our lives what is there in our life that god is putting his finger on things that we know need to change as we love jesus as we see how great he is as we see what he's done for us he isn't saying you need to sort this out or else he's saying i love you don't you see how much i love you this is going to destroy you flee that's how much jesus loves us transforming us from the inside out deep change see the depth of the change that god gives us is through the holy spirit and through his work now as another thing that we see here in these words is that the spirit grants us peace as well as we come to know him better as we come to trust in him last week we saw the ascension didn't we jesus christ ascends to heaven and he promises to send the holy spirit his gift to us and in verse 16 and 17 we see that i will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you and then he says verse 18 i will not leave you as orphans 
I will come to you. The disciples were troubled. They were scared because Jesus was going away and they wanted Jesus to stay. And Jesus ends up saying, it's better if I go. Because, as we thought about last week, to be with Jesus, then you'd need to be at a certain place and time to be with him. But when he goes to heaven, when he sends the Spirit, he can be with us wherever we are. We might feel on our own, but Jesus is always with us by his Spirit. So this week, as you look to this week ahead, God promises to be with you. God promises never to leave you nor forsake you because he is with us by his Spirit. Even though we might be on our own, no doors can keep God out. God is always present with us and he dwells with us. And what is the effect of that? He brings us a deep peace. Look at verse 26. He says, um, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will, will be sent to you. In verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The presence of God with us. So the Holy Spirit brings deep comprehension, gets to help us to understand who Jesus is. Deep change, changes from the inside out as we behold the glory of Jesus and see him as greater and better. We love him more, we do what he wants, because he loves us. But also we get to know this, the third thing is a deep closeness. Again, back to verse 18. Jesus says these wonderful words, I will not leave you as orphans. He won't leave them as orphans. Verse 20 goes on to say, in that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. By the Spirit, we're being told here, we are brought into the loving relationship between the Father and the Son. We are brought into that. And Jesus is saying, you will be in me. So we stand where Jesus stands. We are loved with the same love that the Father has for the Son. As Romans 8 said, we read this earlier in the service, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs with Jesus. We share the same, um, the same relationship in that sense with the Father. Jesus tells the Father, this is my sister, this is my brother, this is my family, and we are loved with that same love. Now, we might know in our heads these truths. Yeah, we might think, oh yeah, I could read a book about how much God loves us, and how I'm in Christ and united to him. But the work of the Spirit is to make us know that deep in our hearts. For those moments where we think, yes, I am loved. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And that is why we want to be filled with him. To be assured of his love and to be amazed that he would love us. Not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done in our place. And that's what we see as the history of the church. As you kind of read through what God does. There are moments where the Holy Spirit comes in power and gives assurance of the love of God in people's hearts and lives. That can be individually, but it can be kind of nationally almost as well in times of revival. So Moody said this one day, he said he was in a real, he was really struggling with loads of pressures and burdens. And, and Dwight Moody, who's a, an evangelist from America, said this. Um, one day God revealed himself to me and I had such an experience of love that I had to ask him to stay his hand. He had to ask him to stop. 
He was just so aware of the love of God for him. Now, even though we might not put it in those words, I'm sure we can all, if you're a Christian here today, you can testify to those times where God has drawn close and he has assured you of his love. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is those moments and those moments that we, we long for, don't we? It is God's work in our hearts. We're aware of his love. And again, what does it bring? It brings, verse 27, my peace I give to you. You are loved with this deep love because you are in the position of Christ, as it were. You are in me and I in you. There is a peace that goes beyond the circumstance, a peace that goes beyond um, what happens all around us, a peace that God knows. Whatever happens, God is for me and with me. Maybe when we're praying for people who are going through struggles, we wonder what to pray, what do we pray for them? Well, isn't this a good thing to pray for each other as a church? Lord, would you pray, we pray, that you would, by your Spirit, grant them an assurance of your love, that they know you love them, and that you would give them that peace that comes with that love. And I pray that for one another this week, that we would be, have this uh, awareness of God's love for us. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit brings deep comprehension, deep change, deep closeness. The fourth thing is deep conviction. We see this in chapter 16, uh, especially verses 8 to 11 there that we read earlier. When he comes, he will convict the world. So one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, one of his roles is to convict the world. What of? Well, we're told there in verses 8 to 11, sin, righteousness, and judgment. What does the Holy Spirit do? He convicts people. He convicts us of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. What do those things mean? Well, he convicts us of sin. That is, um, because here we've shown in verse 9, you, they don't believe in me. So we don't think we need a saviour. We think we're okay on our own. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and says, actually, you can't sort it out on your own. You are in big danger, and you need a saviour. I remember reading years ago of a 15-year-old girl from South London who was found, she had a problem with sleepwalking, and she was found asleep on the arm of a 130-foot crane on the middle of a building site. Yeah, I can see Phil, foreman of the building site here, getting nervous of that knowledge. Imagine that, walking in the morning and seeing this 15-year-old girl on top of a crane. Well, there she was. She had sleptwalked, I don't know if that's the past tense, she had sleepwalked onto this building site, climbed this crane, and she was 130 foot in the air, totally unaware of her danger, totally unaware of the position she was in. The Holy Spirit wakes us up to see the danger we're in. And we need that because we think we're okay, but we're not. Look at the world around us. We can't sort it out. We can't solve it. And the problem is we think we don't need a saviour. And so the job of the Holy Spirit, he comes alongside us and shows us you need a saviour. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. That is, he convicts us of the righteousness of Jesus. That we start to see, wow, Jesus is righteous. And next to him who am I? I? I'm not righteous. We can, we can make ourselves feel righteous by comparing ourselves to maybe somebody who's really failed, somebody who's going through um, some real, uh, something really bad that they've done and they're seeing the consequences. That's why we love the gossip in the newspapers. We love to see a celebrity who's messed up because it makes ourselves feel better. But the Holy Spirit comes and shows us the righteousness of Christ and next to him, 
You know, imagine you go to a schoolyard for a primary school, and not the older yard, but the younger yard, and you take a football in. I bet you'd look pretty good. I could even look pretty good in that situation. I think I could do some keep-ups, maybe take them on, tackle them, bad them out of the way, use my strength. I would look pretty good on a schoolyard of four and five-year-olds. However, if I took my football then down to the Liberty Stadium on a Saturday or Sunday, whenever they play, I would look terrible. I would not be able to bard them out of the way. My two keep-ups wouldn't impress uh, those footballers there, because compared to them, who am I? In the same way, when we compare our righteousness to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit shows us that, we fall far short. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That is, our, uh, the, our judgment, we, don't, um, we can't grasp things spiritually. He says in verse 11 of chapter 16, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. The ruler of this world here is Satan. He has convinced people that killing Jesus was a good thing to do, and that is bad judgment. Killing Jesus was not the right thing to do because he was perfect, but they thought it was. And so when we are convicted of our judgment being off and wrong, then we start to see again, we don't have the insight we need into this life. The Holy Spirit shows us our spiritual judgment, our discernment is off. We need to trust in Jesus. Maybe you can remember a time where the cross meant nothing to you, where you thought you were okay. And then suddenly you start to read the Bible or somebody tells you about Jesus and you start to feel uncomfortable with things in your life. You're aware of things that you weren't aware of before. You're aware that Jesus is righteous and you are not. See, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. He convicts us. It's not comfortable. It's not nice. But in the same way that the incision of a scalpel in an operation is there to heal, even though it hurts, Jesus comes by the Holy Spirit and wants to help us to see, to convict us of these things. Deep comprehension. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. He brings deep change. He brings deep closeness, deep conviction. And the last one is deep community. Now, this is kind of a, a kind of a, a, a laying it off for next week and setting it up for next week when we start to look at the church. Last week, remember, we looked at Jesus ascended into heaven. And he said, um, I promise that now I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so we're waiting. In Acts chapter 2 comes the day of Pentecost. And listen to what happens then. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of fire, and they appeared on them and rested on each one. The Spirit begins to work in God's people. And when we see this in the context of the whole Bible, it's quite exciting, because in the beginning of the Bible, we see the Spirit of God kind of brooding over the chaos, and He brings life and order over this, of, of the abyss that's there. And out of nothing there we have this life, this order. And then another turning point in history, we looked at it in uh, the third part of the Apostles' Creed. The Holy Spirit broods over the womb of the Virgin, Mary. And there he brings life and he brings a saviour. And now as we look around this world today, a world where it doesn't take us much thinking and looking to see we're in a mess. A, a world where humanity, we are divided, 
we are having a go at each other if people slightly disagree with us or say slightly the wrong thing we're having a go there's wars there's divisiveness there's there's judgment we're judging each other that's not how god intended humanity to be yes we're to be different but we're to be together we're made in god's image remember god is triune father son and spirit so there'll be diversity but there is unity in diversity so what happens on the day of pentecost what happens then the holy spirit comes and he brews as it were over the chaotic world of humanity and he begins to work and these people who are divided by languages suddenly are united together babel is reversed and people are brought together and the spirit out of the abyss and the chaos of humanity brings life brings unity and starts to bring his new humanity of people together the spirit begins the work of the church as it were here yes we have many gifts yes we're different but the work of the church begins by the work of the spirit you see bringing people from all different walks of life together united the work of the spirit is one that brings deep community which is why next week we'll start to look at the church and why that is such an important part of god's work so the work of the holy spirit he brings deep comprehension deep change deep closeness deep conviction and deep community so let's praise today the father the son and not forget the work of the holy spirit let's praise god for his work in us we have nothing to boast in he's helped us to understand he helps us to change he takes us all the way to glory it is all of him and so if today you think i want to believe but i can't keep it up look at jesus he's done it all for you trust in him and he will send the spirit to help you every day of your life and if you're aware of god's work at you for the first time this morning by the holy spirit trust in him turn to him and he will never let you down let's pray together as we finish our uh, service and before we sing our last hymn we thank you lord god that you are triune father son and holy spirit we thank you holy spirit for your work in our lives we thank you for how you've helped us to understand who jesus is we thank you for how you've worked in our hearts to change us from what we were to what we are now even though we know there is so much and so far to go we thank you that you have promised to be with us and never to leave us and we thank you for the work you're doing in working in our lives and bringing together us as a people united together lord please help us to rejoice and be thankful for the work of the spirit this morning as we say those words when we recite this creed i believe in the holy spirit would they bring such depth and thankfulness in our hearts? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.